Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. Continuing our focus on spirits, in this episode we look at tequila and mezcal, two categories of spirits which have been under-regarded for a long time but which are now beginning to be appreciated. And the quality of these drinks has definitely risen in consistency in recent years, and the category is well worth exploring. Both tequila and mezcal must be made in Mexico. And the major difference between tequila and mezcal is that tequila is mainly made around the town or the city of tequila in the province of Jalisco, and it is limited to some other places in Mexico as well. That's where the production is concentrated, whereas mezcal can be made in much a, broad, a much broader area. Tequila has also developed its own style, which is a little different from mezcal, not as pungent and not as full on. The other difference between tequila and mezcal is that tequila must be made from the blue agave plant, whereas mezcal can be made from any of the 200 agave varieties. So the agave is a kind of root vegetable which takes a long time to mature and develop. So tequila production is relatively small compared to other spirit categories, about accounts for about 1% of all spirits sold in the world. And that's because the production of agave requires a lot of patience, time and hard work. So the blue agave has a hard core called the piña, and this is full of inulin, which is a carbohydrate, and then it's covered with long thorny leaves. So you can, if you look at a picture of the agave, you'll see it spreading out almost like an aloe plant. And it grows for several years. It takes at least seven years to mature, and it builds up its reserves of inulin as it grows. Once it flowers, it dies. So for tequila, the blue agave is the only species allowed. It has a high concentration of inulin, a low fibre content, and chemical compounds. It takes six years to approach maturity, but it's usually harvested seven to ten years. Uh, lower quality tequilas may be made from a young agave. Cutting off the flower stem and trimming back the leaves concentrates the plant's energy in producing the inulin. So you're not using the leaves, you're just using the heart of the plant, the piña. The tequila region is um, divided into two. There's the highlands and the lowlands. So in the highlands, the agaves are larger. They take a longer time to mature, and they're higher in sugar because the inulin has been built up. And these will have fruitier aromas of mango and pear. And this is where Tapatio are based, one of the ultra-traditional producers. And then there's the lowlands, which produces earthier, more robust vegetal um, styles of tequila. So with the harvesting of the agave plant, when it's ready and it's mature, the leaves are cut off as close to the piña as possible, because the leaves get to give a bit of flavour to the spirit. And the piñas can weigh anything between 20 and 90 kilograms. They can be pretty large. And these piñas are cooked, they are halved, and then cooked at the distillery. The inulin hydrolyzes, turning into fermentable sugars. So there's no need for any en enzymes. The um, inulin is naturally fermentable. Uh, that cooking softens the piñas, and they're usually cooked using steam. And there's two different ways of cooking the um, piña. Ornos, these are the ovens, which have replaced, it, replaced the traditional roasting pits, which are still used in mezcal. And the piñas are chopped, and they're cooked for 36 to 48 hours at 100 degrees C. The inulin converts to sugars. Some sugars are caramelized, creating extra congeners, but they can't be fermented, so that's just for the aromatics. The piñas are left to rest in the oven for two days, and any liquidified sugar is collected, and this is called aguamiel, and this will be added back to the agave juice. 
A more modern development is the autoclave, and these are pressurized cookers, and the cooking here is at 121 degrees C for six hours. It's much quicker and more efficient. Uh, but they spend the same time resting after the cooking, so another two days. And it's important not to overcook the agave for in the, because you might get some burnt, smoky aromas. And the slower the cooking, the better the results. So it's all important to get that balance and not just go for efficiency. After that, we have the milling. And the soft agave, which has been cooked, is now crushed to obtain the sugar solution. And this can be done in a couple of different ways, with a stone grinding wheel, which crushes the agave in a pit, or by cutters and shredders, which is a combination of water and milling to extract the juice. The agave is cut up by rotating the steel blades to release the juice, and then the remaining sugars are washed out with water, and this is the most common way of doing it now. If you see on the label 100% agave tequila, the juice is mixed with agua miel. Cheaper tequilas are used adding other fermentable sugars, and that might say tequila mixto. The fermentation lasts several days. The yeast used um, for mixto is commercial yeast. 100% agave will be isolated yeast, the so ones that um, producers feel really works for their style of tequila. Some traditionalists like Tapatio have a wild fermentation, which can take up to 10 days to complete. And the longer the fermentation, the more complex the tequila is, but obviously it's less efficient. So that juice is distilled, and it's double distilled in pot stills to produce a low rectified, full flavoured spirit. So pot stills, the first distillation is up to 30% ABV, and we have the cuts for heads and tails. The heads will be redistilled with the next batch. The tails might be, or they may be discarded. There's no rules for the strength of the final distillation after the second distillation in the pot still, but it's usually 55-60%, to 60%, though some will be as low as 40% to really retain the agave character. Column still um, may be used, but this will have uh, much fewer aromas, which isn't really the style of tequila that we're looking for. But they can sometimes be blended with a pot still uh, to get more character. So again, it's about price and efficiency and the style that you're going for. So after the distillation, there'll be some maturation. The trouble is, agave can be easily masked by the flavours of maturation, so it's really um, important to get a good balance. And generally, tequila is not aged for more than five years. If it is so, then it's in ex-bourbon casks. And so there are different styles of tequila according to how long they've been aged. For Blanco, Joven and Oro, there are no aging requirements. So Reposado can be any sized oak, usually large vessels to minimize the flavor from oak. And then Añeco and Wheat Añeco will be oak barrels of 600 liters or less and very expensive. So for those different styles, um, Reposado is two months minimum and Añeco is one year minimum. So even with the aged tequila. It's not actually aged that long. So the different styles, the Blanco uh, batches will be blended together for consistency, alcohol diluted if necessary, can be aged briefly to soften the edges but will be filtered. So it's always going to be a water white colour and purists will say this is the this is tequila as it should be because you've got all the agave character, that's what all the flavour is coming from. Joven or Oro, so young or gold, are mellowed with something called avocado. An avocado is a mixture where Caramel, oak extract, glycerin, or sugar syrup are added to soften the taste of the um, tequila. So it gives the appearance of age without actually being aged. So it's just that extra colour and richness to it. And this will not be used with premium tequila. The aged tequilas will be blending from all the different barrels. Avocado is allowed but only to uh, make the colour consistent. So it's only caramel that can be added for colour consistency as the case is with um, other spirits.
The aromas you get with tequila are um, maybe some tropical fruits, some smoke, some spice, some root vegetables as well. Um, the agave will shine through, giving very distinctive agave tequila aromas. And most people, of course, associate tequila with um, shots, with um, lime juice and salt. This is how Mexican soldiers used to drink it, and the tequila industry marketed tequila in this way to make it seem glamorous, but unfortunately it just cheapened the image of tequila. And most people don't realize that tequila should be sipped just like any other spirit and taken just as seriously, depending on the quality, of course. And of course, tequila is a great base for cocktails, most famously in the margarita. But you can really experiment with tequila because it adds flavor to the cocktail, but not too much flavor. And it works really well with other drinks, particularly um, sherry, where you get that same saline texture, and also with uh, vermouths as well. Then there's mezcal, which is made on a much smaller scale and is much more rural. So tequila is made, even though it's smaller than other spirits, there are some dominant producers who will produce you know, in industrial scales, but mezcal is much smaller. And this is something that has been uh, revived in the last 25 years, particularly by the Del Maguey uh, brand, which is a brand of uh, mezcals which are made from different villages, and there's a whole series of them. And they use really small producers to make those um, mezcal. And this has really helped the quality small producers become more commercial and more successful. And now there's a lot of interest in mezcal, partly because of the popular, revived popularity of tequila has led people to look at mezcal, also because mezcal is probably one of the greatest spirits in the world when it's made well. And just to give an example, of course, George Clooney launched his Casamigos tequila brand a few years ago. He sold it for quite a bit of money, and now he's launching his own mezcal brand. This just gives you an idea of the trends in these categories. And mezcal is very smoky, much smokier than tequila. The majority of the production is in Oaxaca, which is south-central Mexico. And the raw material is again agave, but all of the different varieties of agaves are allowed. So it's not just the blue agave, as is the case with tequila. And what this means is a lot of producers will produce their single variety mezcal from all the different agaves. So it really gives you an idea of the range of flavors that come from the agave plant, more so than tequila does. The most common agave is espadin. And so the um, cooking and the milling, the piña is roasted between two and five days in deep conical rock-lined pits. So this is still the very traditional method which tequila has moved away from. And that's where the smokiness of mezcal comes from. A fire is lit, heating the stones, and these can be adobe or gas-fired ovens, and the piñas are put in the pit, covered with earth, agave fibre, or palm leaves, and then the cooking will take place, and that's, as I said, gives that smoky character, almost like, um, similar to uh, putting peat in the kiln for whiskey. So there is, of course, very cheap mezcal, which is um, something that really um, hurt the reputation of mezcal, and up to 20% non-agave sugar can be used to uh, for that style of mezcal, but the traditional uh, the good high quality producers will not do that and it will be the fermentation will be in open wooden vats and tanks and wild yeast and agave fibers are common and that wild yeast really allows the um, the long fermentation which can be anything between uh, 14 and 30 days small pot stills are used in the distillation which is very slow and they're usually copper and they'll be double distilled for flavor and intensity so mezcal is all about the intensity Maturation and finishing oak aging isn't as widely used as tequila, and again, aficionados would say that it should all be about the flavours of the agave, particularly when you're using those single variety agave, rather than um, the flavours of oak or any, any of anything else. And stainless steel tanks will be used to let 
the um, mezcal settle, and again that preserves the smoky aromas of the mezcal. But there are reposado and añeco mezcals produced. And of course mezcal's reputation is also damaged by the presence of a worm which is supposed in the bottle, which is supposed to have hallucinogenic uh, qualities if you ate the worm. You will not see a worm in a bottle of mezcal for very good reasons. So that's tequila and mezcal, the great spirits of Mexico, and perhaps one of the most terroir-driven of all spirits, particularly mezcal, really reflecting where the agave is grown and uh, the different characteristics of the agave plant. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.